Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builders Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actual resources that you can have used to inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Now, today we're going to find out why finding the right partner can be the key to, to success. We'll do that with Talia Goldstein. Now, Talia is the president and founder of Three Day Matchmaking, which is an exclusive matchmaking company for busy professionals. She's been featured on various news uh, outlets like NPR, Good Morning America, CNN, the list goes on. Leveraging her extensive network of incredible singles, Talia and her team of matchmakers have successfully matched hundreds of clients, including top executives, entrepreneurs, and all sorts of celebrities. With expert matchmakers in many of the largest U.S. metropolitan areas, three-day rules matchmakers work one-on-one -on -one with their clients to create and offer a curated dating experience and quality matches. Talia, it's fantastic to have you here. Thanks for having me. I think our listeners have a little insight to who do you serve, but we'd like to know specifically from your mouth who they are. Yes. So our demo is Successful Busy Professionals. We work with clients ages 20 to 80. We service a wide range, LGBTQ, you name it. We work with clients across the country, and it's essentially outsourcing your dating life. So most people these days are incredibly busy, especially entrepreneurs. They're running their own companies, and they don't have a lot of time to date. Right now, the options are to meet people in person, which very few people are, and online dating. And the average online dater spends 12 hours a week online. So it's wow. like having a part-time job. So our clients don't have those 12 hours to spend and they don't want to be online usually because it's quite public to be online. So they work with one of our matchmakers. It's a lot more confidential. They tell us what they're looking for. We find them the perfect matches and we are off and running and we'll meet them at their wedding. So that's usually who we're working with is successful, busy professionals. So in addition to the time and I suppose agony that people spend trying to solve this dating problem. What are the problems that you've identified you and your team of matchmakers solve for people? Yeah, it's, I think that apps made dating a lot more challenging. Pre-apps, you would meet someone at a conference or at a bar or through friends. It was quite simple, but the apps gave people way too many options. So what happens when you're online is you go on a date with someone, it's not perfect, and you move on to the next. And you always think there's someone you know, better out there. So people aren't really focused on one person because they're always curious. They think that there's somebody better out there. And so it's caused a lot of trouble with dating. Also, the apps have made people less accountable. So there's a lot of bad behavior online. People are flaky. They're not accountable. They don't look like their profiles. 81% of people lie online. So it's created this really challenging way to date. So with matchmaking, we're just trying to simplify it. It feels a lot more like a friend is setting you up. We're capturing what they're looking for. And we're matching people based on what's going to make a difference in 20 years. So it's a, online has become really superficial. 
it's a lot of checking boxes. So people will go on the dating apps and say, I want someone six feet tall and makes X amount of dollars. And it's almost like shopping where matchmaking, we're really focused on those core values and qualities that are truly going to make a difference in a partner later in life. Beautiful. I'd like you to explain to our listeners how you go about solving the problems you just articulated. Maybe like a case study, a real case study that you could remember that maybe you personally handled. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to know, how does it all start? How do they find you? What sort of screening do you use for your matchmakers and for your clients? And uh, take your time and, and give us a deep dive into how this process of yours works, Talia. Sure. One interesting thing is a lot of our clients end up marrying someone outside of their original criteria. So what clients do is they go to the website, they sign up, they create a profile. It takes a couple of minutes and then they're assigned a matchmaker on our team. So I'm on this team. And what we do is we get to know the client, their background, how they grew up and what are, what's their family like and their goals for the future. And so we do a deep dive. So we really get to know them and what they're looking for in a partner. Then if they choose to become a client of ours, we pair them with a matchmaker. The matchmaker gets to know them even more on a personal level. They send their matchmaker photos of people they find attractive so we can visually see what that looks like. And then the matchmaker's job is to go through our network and we have over 200,000 people in the network, but also outside of the network to find anyone who meets what the client is looking for and we interview them. And so that's where we get to really dive deep into the matches, their core values and goals and personality. And once we have someone that we think is a fit for our client, we'll share the profile with the client and we don't match blindly photos. You get a really good sense of what the person's like before you go on the date. Then we set our client up on a date and after we get post-date feedback, and this feedback's incredibly valuable because you get to learn how you're coming across on a date. And there's no guessing. You'll know exactly how the person felt about you. And then we decide what to do next. You can always pause and focus on the match, or we can send another match to compare. And we go from there. So it's a little bit like hiring a recruiter where we might interview 20 options before we send you one. We're only sending the people who are worth your time. And then each client gets a photo shoot. We take new pictures of them and they're also assigned a coach and that will help them dig deeper on anything that comes up. They talk about like vulnerability or attachment style. So they work with the coach and a matchmaker. So that's the process. And as I mentioned in the beginning, some, a lot of times our clients end up with someone a little bit of outside of their criteria. So I have countless stories of our clients, but a perfect example is I matched a client in the beginning of my career. I had this woman come to me and she was quite preppy and she actually was from Orange County, California, and she wanted a Jewish guy that worked in finance. That was her goal. And I said, okay, no problem. And I asked her some additional questions and I realized actually she had more of an edge Then she appeared. And as I dug deeper, I thought, I have a really great guy for you. He's not at all what you're asking for, but here's his deal. And if you're interested, I think he's worth meeting. He was 
a rocker covered in tattoos, not Jewish, like really nothing of what she was asking for. And she said, I'm open to the adventure. I set them up on a date. Long story short, they're married now with children and it all worked out. So mm. we have so many examples of that. Just this morning, we, one of the matchmakers was sharing with the team. She matched a guy. He said, he's an empty nester. He said, I really don't want someone with children. She said, I have the most amazing woman for you, but she has three kids. Are you open to meeting her? He did. And now they're on a vacation together. And he's so happy that he met this woman. So sometimes it just takes an, an expert outside to know what's best for you. And I think often with online dating, especially we're focused on what we're familiar with and familiar is not necessarily what's best. Yeah. Well, that's a very good, this is a very good point. A couple of clarification questions. So the initial, you mentioned matchmakers twice. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I heard you say that the initial interview may or may not be the matchmaker that actually finds you somebody. Correct. That so we have two people. Okay. Yes. We have a team. We're called new member strategists. So our job on the call is to get to know you and what you're looking for and make sure we feel we can deliver because we don't want to take your money and work with you as a client if we don't feel that we can do an amazing job for you. So once the new member strategists, once we they pass that test and we believe we can do a great job, they sign as a client. The client side starts at 5900 That's the investment that you make. Once that's all set, we pass the client on to a matchmaker. And our job is to pick the matchmaker that's the best fit. So we are the matchmakers for the matchmakers. Oh, I got it. Oh, that makes great sense. Then you mentioned a coach. And so this could be a third person. Correct. So the client usually is connecting with the matchmaker weekly, but they also are assigned a coach. This is a separate person. It's a little bit like dating therapy. And that way something comes up throughout the process and they need a little bit of a like deeper dive. They work with the coach and each client talks about something different. We can talk about flirting. We can talk about past relationships, trauma, vulnerability. So it's specific to the client, but it's just something, it can be a little bit of an emotional journey. So it's helpful to have that coach along the way. Okay. That makes great sense. Now, do you guys use at all any sort of assessments like maybe DISC or Myers-Briggs and those kind of things as well? Mm -hmm. We used to use DISC for our hiring, Okay. Um, for our matchmakers. We noticed all of our matchmakers had similar DISC results. We don't use it for our clients, although we have our own like proprietary technology and okay. personality assessment on the back end. Which th there's no need for the client really to know anything about that because you're just using it as one of your tools. Exactly. And we have a handful of tools. We collect a lot of data on the back end, but they, yeah, we do personality assessments to help us in the matching. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, what I'd like to have you nail for us now is how you're different from your competition. I'm imagining a very red ocean from a competition standpoint. You already mentioned apps and other kinds of things. So could you give us an overview of the landscape and then tell us how you're uh, exclusively different? Mm -hmm. Sure. So there are about 2,000 mom and pop matchmakers across the country. Usually the matchmakers are like one, two person operation. And the, their limitation is their pool size. You, it's really important to have a large group of people who could be potential clients. 
potential matches for your clients because a lot of people are going to look great on paper, but they're not actually the best fit. So as I mentioned before, it might take us 20, 30 interviews before we find the right person. So the mom and pop match makers can be great. They give you a lot of time and attention, but their pool size is really small. And then there are a handful of larger matchmaking companies. And a lot of them are contractors. The matchmakers are contractors. We are all full-time employees. This is our dedicated job. And we are passionate and we genuinely care about each and every client. We show photos, not all matchmakers do. So we don't match blindly. And I think that's an important differentiator because both parties are excited to meet before they show up on the date. Where some of the other matchmaking companies that match blindly, you show up on the date and you're instantly disappointed. And so it doesn't make for like a high success rate. But we are one of the larger matchmaking companies. We have 50 full-time matchmakers across the country. We're in 12 major metros. Whoa, and also wow. a big, huge differentiator is okay. many matchmaking companies don't take on female clients. They only work with men. Where we take on female clients, 60% of our clients are women. Okay, interesting. I was envisioning when you mentioned your 200,000 person network, that was fundamentally clients. But are there people in the network that aren't clients that you still know that they exist? Yes. So that network, okay. the 200,000, actually anyone can sign up for free to be in the network and be matched with our clients. Okay. So you just go to threedayroll.com and you fill out the profile and anyone can sign up to be eligible to be matched. When we're finished, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little personal fun thing about your three day rule. <laughs> so here's what I'd like to do with your permission. I'd like to have you switch, change hats, and then tell us a lot about your business, your story about yourself. How did the idea come up to you? What other Whatever, what other journeys did you take before this business? And then maybe you could go through and give us some examples some of some of the successes that you had and some of the failures and then the lessons you learned. So that'd be fantastic. So okay. free format, okay. whatever order you want to go in, perfect. It's been quite the journey. <laughs> I could talk about this for hours. So I originally started 3-Day Rule while I, while I was working as a television producer in Hollywood. And I was on the show, E! True Hollywood Story. And I loved setting people up. It's always been a passion. I even started setting people up in high school. But while I was working at E!, I was setting up some of my coworkers and my friends. And I realized I had this talent in matching people successfully. And it was a lot of fun. I would sit in my cubicle. I have a line at my desk where people would ask for relationship advice. And I just truly enjoyed it. So I decided to host some singles parties and so I could bring my coworkers and my friends together and match people in a larger environment. And so I began hosting parties around town. They started with about 20, 30 people. And within a few months, I was hosting parties for 300 and then 600 people around the hottest hotels in Los Angeles. And I started charging for the events. And at one of the events, we had over 600 people that were paying to be there. I realized there had to be something missing in the market if all of these really interesting and attractive and successful people were paying to come to my party. So I quit my job in television and I started Three Day Rule and it grew from there. And you know, we have been growing organically 
since then where we match a couple successfully, they tell their friends, those people get matched successfully, they tell their friends. And so we've grown quite a bit. Along the way, we were on Shark Tank, we got investment from match.com, we scaled across the country, there, it's been quite a journey. But uh, when I started, the apps did not exist. And then when the apps came out, I thought, Oh, gosh, we're gonna be crushed. Here's the new technology. But actually, it ended up really helping our business because so many people are struggling on the apps that they try them, they get frustrated, and then they turn to matchmaking. Tell us about you mentioned you mentioned Shark Tank. Did you take on any any angel investors and partners, or mm-hmm. tell us about how you maybe the personal side of uh, your sure. journey? Yeah, so we went on Shark Tank very early on. We were a little bit of a different company at the time, and I was backstage nine months pregnant and decided at the last minute not to go out. I was. It's a long story. I was sweating through my dress. I thought I can't do it. So I sent my business partner out on her own. She was single at the time. And what the shark said, they said, never trust a skinny chef and never trust a single matchmaker. And they didn't give us funding. And meanwhile, I was backstage. Gosh, I'm so not single and pregnant, but they didn't give us funding. And soon after that, we were approached by some of the dating apps and we ended up taking investment from Match. So that was our seed round that helped us scale across the country. And then we raised a couple other rounds after that. I had the unfortunate timing of fundraising while pregnant, which was really interesting. At the time, there were not a lot of women in technology. Now times have changed and I'm seeing so many more female entrepreneurs, but When I was fundraising, I actually, I read an article by a really prolific angel investor. And in the article, he said he would question giving funding to a pregnant woman. And after I read that, I thought, I cannot tell anybody I'm pregnant. I need to hide my pregnancy so I can get funding. In that round, we were able to get funding. I hid my pregnancy. I wore trench coats. I didn't let anybody know until after we closed the round and it worked. Later, I had to, we went to fundraise again, and I was pregnant again. I really truly have the worst timing. But this time I thought, I'm not going to hide it. This is crazy. I have the metrics to prove that we're a successful company. I know that I can be a mother and a founder. And I decided not to hide my pregnancy. I walked into every meeting, rocking my belly, and nobody would give us funding. It was quite interesting. The only people who gave us money didn't see me. They gave it to me over the phone. Like we only spoke over the phone or they knew me previously. So I, I had the baby. I went back, took meetings and I was able to raise the round. And it really showed me that there was a bias around pregnant women and fundraising. So since then, and I should mention, I only pitched to male investors. That was seven years ago. I do think we've come a long way and there are a lot, you know, of other female entrepreneurs and female investors. So I think we truly are making progress, but that was my experience while fundraising. So do you have, do you have, uh, still have business partners or? In 2019. What does your management team look like too? We have, uh, so in 2019, we were acquired by uh, an investor. So he is now CEO and I'm president and founder. We have a team 
there are four of us on the leadership team that essentially run the business. So what's holding you back now? In what are our biggest challenges? We are, in the beginning, we grew really quickly. And I think we grew too quickly. So now we're just trying to, we are growing, but we're not trying to rush it. So every six months or so, we're launching a new city. There are other revenue streams that we're looking at. So we're trying to grow the business and we are growing, but we are um, trying to take it a little more slowly. Okay. Okay. It makes great sense. So how can our listeners get a hold of you, Talia? Anyone's welcome to email me. I'm Talia at three dayrule.com. But you can also go to the website, three dayrule.com. You have to spell it out and you can sign up for our database. You can inquire about being a client. And a world, if you wanted to be potentially a matchmaker, would you go through the same route? You're welcome to email me and I'll connect you with the right person on our team. Okay. And matchmaking is the best job in the world. So if you are interested in learning more, definitely reach out to me. The best job in the world. That's a, no that's doubt. A nice lure. I'm going on 13 years and it, I am so grateful every day. It is truly the best job. It's so rewarding. You get to hear so many stories. The team's amazing. So I can't say enough great things about the job. Okay, that's great. What's the one question that I maybe should have asked you that mm -hmm. would be a great value to our audience? And then also, what's the answer to that question I didn't ask? <laughs> I think some people put off dating, especially if you're an entrepreneur, or you're in business. Uh, a lot of people, especially men, are very linear. They think I'm going to focus on my company. When I get my company acquired, then I will focus on dating. They have a hard time multitasking. And you know, you really don't have to wait to find the love of your life. You can do it simultaneously. So I don't know what the question is, but the answer is not to wait. And if you are interested in finding a partner, that partner can really help you succeed in business as well. It's so nice to have a supportive person on the journey with you. So if you feel you want a partner, but you don't have the time to dedicate to finding them on your own, definitely reach out to me. As an entrepreneur, I've been there. I know how hard it is and how time-consuming it is, and I'm confident we can help you. Great. I actually did understand that question. So <laughs> that's a good one, too. And I, and I can think I talked earlier about one person who is that linear type of guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So everybody now, in closing, let's focus on the single fact that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having a visionary strategy, of having a system of management to execute that strategy, and number three, leveraging high-performance teams. Now, you can get your hands on the keys to what I just told you. Just go to Business Mastery Pro, businessmastery.pro or businessmasterypro.com. Thanks for listening. Talia, thanks for spending your time with us today. Thank you. So fun.